news and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, let's not keep them waiting. Let's just do it. The hottest ticket in town. All right, it's your opportunity right now. If you are Kobe Griffin, if you are Kobe Griffin from Phoenix, you have 10 minutes to call. Here's the number, 602-277-5827. 602-277-5827. Kobe Griffin has 10 minutes from right now to call to be qualified. First, you're going to win a Suns gift pack, but you're also going to be qualified to win Game 1 Suns tickets. Kobe Griffin, 602-277-5827. Two seven. I love this contest. Uh, good luck. Um, a- economists, Fed economists, are predicting a um, a recession this year. So I want to. I want you to. Ta- I want you to hear a little bit about this about the banking crisis. This is an ABC report on inflation and the banking crisis. It's not just inflation. The Federal Reserve has been paying close attention to lately. The minutes from the latest meeting show the central bank's economists are spending a lot of time digesting what the failures of two major U.S. banks could do to the economy. They're predicting it could result in a mild recession starting later this year with the recovery over the next two years. All right. So if it's a mild recession, how is it going to only take why is it going to take two years to recover from Federal Reserve economists believe that recent banking turmoil will trigger a mild recession? I'm going to go through the history of this just because I think it's important, Um, and that is – the mild recession idea, we are hearing from people that also told us that this was going to be transitory inflation. It's why people don't trust it. But the results are not just political. Here's, um, here's a, a report from CNN about evictions that I want you to hear. In several cities, including Houston, evictions are surging, even beyond pre-pandemic norms. More than 5 million U.S. households are behind on rent. Experts blame a perfect storm. Rents keep rising amid high inflation. COVID moratoriums on evictions are ending. And pandemic programs, especially rental assistance, are running dry. In mid-March, a Texas rent relief program had to stop accepting applications just two days after starting. Overwhelmed by the demand. So what we are seeing, and, and this is, let's now look on the other side of this. The deficit tops $1 trillion for the first six months of the fiscal year. The federal deficit topped $1 trillion in this story, despite the fact the federal tax revenues in the first six months of this year were, which is a second highest in the nation's history, from February to March, according to the monthly Treasury statements, the fiscal year 2023 federal deficit increased um, by $387 billion, climbing to $722 trillion, or $1.1 trillion so far in the fiscal year, while the federal government collected uh, $2.48 billion in taxes they spent over three I'm saying trillion not billion in taxes resulting in a deficit of over a trillion dollars so uh, I will make my defense of this one more time America does not have an income problem America has a spending problem there is not an organization or an individual or a household that runs into money problems that doesn't have wrestle with these same things. Do you have an income problem or do you have a spending problem? Sometimes it could be both. But you know when you have a family, sometimes your financial problems come from the, come from the fact that one of you loses a job or hours are reduced, a cut in wages, some kind of an income reduction. Other times you are just spending too much money. And that's exactly 
exactly what, in my opinion, what the United States is doing. Runaway stampflation postage is expected to increase again. If a three cent increase is is approved by the Postal Regulatory Commission, it would be the shortest time between increases in postal history. Um, Last January, uh, before that July of 2022, between the 70s and the year 2000, rates increased three or four times in the decade. Um, So the U.S. Postal Service handed 127.3 billion pieces of mail compared to a high of two. 113 billion in 06. So we are seeing a reduction, but they are now talking about what it's going to cost to mail is going up. Your tax refund could be smaller than last year. Here's why. They said 90 million taxpayers who have filed as of March 31st got refunds that were an average of nearly 10% less than they were last year, part due to the pandemic relief program expiring. And also the average refund is $2,910 down from $3,200, um, a, a difference of more more than 300 bucks. Um, inflation plays a big role in this. So that's the government side of things. What's this doing in the private sector? You heard about uh, evictions a moment ago. Inside the credit crunch, crunch, there's a great website called Zero Hedge. If you want to go to a site that has a lot on the economy and a lot of different directions, you can really get in the weeds on Zero Hedge, but it's a great website. Biggest drop for small business credit availability in over 20 years. Over the weekend, the credit crunches entered the crash phase when we showed that in the last two weeks of April, a record $105 billion in commercial bank loans and leases were either sold, discharged, or otherwise transferred from bank balance sheets. Um, Here's another one. Small businesses file for bankruptcy at a record pace, surpassing the COVID crash. So when you look at that, I want you to think, uh, if you remember back, and I, I do vividly, I had just started working here um, at this radio station, and three weeks later, we started hearing announcements of shutdowns. And there was this weird time where we had no idea what was going to happen next. We were told get takeout at restaurants. There was a there's a in my old neighborhood. There's a great Chinese place I used to get takeout from, and uh, they had it set up as it was like a, it was like a well oiled machine. I also talked about some of the restaurants here in town. The group of restaurants that owns Buck and Rider and Chelsea's Kitchen and and. Um, um, Legrand LGO in, in Arcadia, uh, they had a system where all of their kitchens were cooking out of one restaurant at Buck and Rider, and they have like a circular entry where they usually have valet. They had wireless uh, payment opportunities where you just showed up with your card. They scanned your card. They handed you your food, and it was like a revolving door. It was so efficient. But restaurants and other places catching on very quickly how they could still service their customers, keep their finan- heads financially above water, um, and it was just a new way of doing things. But there was a lot of fear about small businesses crashing and burning, and many of them did. The PPP loan program that was so abused by so many people but used by some to literally keep their companies afloat. Hair salons closed. Gyms closed. And many of them didn't survive. Many of them went out of business. We are surpassing that now as small businesses are filing for bankruptcy, surpassing the COVID crash rates. 
So here we are raising interest rates, trying to slow the economy down so that inflation goes down and people are going to start applauding. And it is it is leveling off. People are applauding this. But what are we going to do? You want to talk about a recession? Some of these businesses are going to go away. It's not that they're shuttering for a short time and all of a sudden there's going to be a day they awaken. A lot of these small businesses, when they're gone, they're gone. All right, what we do in a moment is we do something at 1120 every day. It's called Did You Hear This? We're going to do it coming up here in just one moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, let's get you caught up on the headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Arizona House Speaker Ben Toma joined the program this morning to speak on Representative Liz Harris being ousted from the House and gave his reasoning on why the action needed to be taken. Part of the reason that we have hearings is to make sure that we're presenting factual information. So when when you deliberately circumvent that process and and and, and you, you you end up with a situation that's that's happened here, which is why we had to take action. Do you think this was a good step to take? I think it was a necessary step to take. I don't think there's anything good about any of this. Um, I may have, I didn't know Liz Harris. I don't know her. Um, I don't know her at all. Uh, I may not have agreed with her on everything, but she was elected by the people of her district. And outside of a really outrageous situation, she should have stayed there and let the voters decide her fate when the session was over and when her time in office was over, at least the first two years. But in this case, I think that she did cross that threshold. When you bring in testimony, when you're not supposed to do that in that setting and it goes into the official record and outrageous accusations are made, you're given an opportunity and you say, I stand behind what I did. You bring no proof forward. I don't think they had any other choice but to do this. If there is a scenario where this was appropriate, this seems to be textbook in that area. But that doesn't mean it's good. I don't think there's any good in any of this. The new solution to our water shortage is wastewater. City of Phoenix Water Resources Management Advisor Cynthia Campbell says it tastes great. And many people say, you know, advanced water purification, the, the water that you get out of the back end, is very, very similar to um, bottled water, especially in terms of its taste. Would you like to be the guinea pig on this one? Because I'm not doing it. First of all. Water out of the back end is always going to be hilarious, especially on this topic. Secondly, I don't know what kind of bottled water she's drinking if she's going to compare the two. That, is she saying that this – and she may be right. This may be absolutely the purest water that you'll ever drink. I don't know that. But you are still taking it from a wastewater treatment plant, and you just said it's water out of the back end. That's why people aren't going to drink it. We're going to be saying this for you. Yes. <laughs> You are listening to the very juvenile version of Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the headlines. After a Department of Defense leak of Ukraine war plans was released and on social media for a month, there are now more questions surrounding responsibility of social media companies. When I asked the press secretary if the White House thinks the Pentagon needs to review and reassess how they monitor these social media sites, she really put much of the onus on these companies citing their responsibility in all of this. 
Should social media companies be responsible for top no. secret material? No. Again, this is a free press, and I, you know, I think that there is at times like I will. Here's the here's what's interesting about this. Uh, CNN has said the name of the person that they believe is going to be arrested. ABC News just recently said been identified by one news source, but we are not reporting that name. There is a level where news organizations want to make sure that they are right and not necessarily first. But when you're talking about social media posts and what people have the freedom to say and do, you can't lay a leak at the feet of social media for putting it up there. You've got to go after the leaker. And if you are a federal government agency, you have to look at how it got out there in the first place. Calls for California Senator Feinstein to resign have now made their way to Democrat circles, with some publicly demanding her resignation, citing trouble to fill judicial appointments. Feinstein has now asked to be removed from the Senate Judiciary Committee. But do you think that will cool the wagons from circling? No, I don't. I I think that, you know, she wants a temporary replacement so that they can continue on. But I think this is a a symptom of a much bigger problem. And the bigger problem is we have far too many people in American politics, locally, state level and federally, that hold on to these offices for far too long. Now, it is an electorate issue. It is a voter issue. But the people that are in charge need to be fostering growth with younger people and bringing in new blood. And the first political party that is able to do that well is going to be one that thrives the longest. I can't think of an organization, including this one here I work for, that isn't always identifying young talent and fostering their growth and allowing them to flourish into the next generation of leadership. It's one of the reasons why I love the newsroom I work with, love the people I work with in this building, is watching people that are college interns become full-time employees, become bosses in this building. That's how I know I work for a healthy company, and that's what they should be doing in the government as well. All right, great job, Jessica, in for the next couple of days for Julia while she's on vacation. Excellent job. We'll do it again tomorrow at 1120. All right, coming up in a moment, we are going to talk about Liz Harris being expelled. I want you to hear from Speaker of the House Ben Toma on the reasoning behind this from our legislative leaders. It's all coming up next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with us as well. I want to congratulate Christy, and she is our winner of the, uh, uh, of she is entered to win, but she wins a Suns prize pack, and she is registered. She is one of our finalists to win Suns tickets. If you would like to get on that list, we'll read a name in the 7 a.m. hour, 11 a.m. hour, and 4 p.m. hour every day until we get this, I think tomorrow, this week, and then maybe later on for more Suns tickets, but it's a great way for you to have an opportunity to win Suns tickets. Tickets, just text the word tickets or ticket to 411923. Ticket to 411923. All right. Uh, representative, a former representative, Liz Harris, was expelled from the House of Representatives in the Arizona State Legislature, and it has caused, it, caused a huge dust up. And it's a, it's a political firestorm. We live in a time when there is a huge amount of political rancor uh, within political parties. There's no doubt about that, even within the Republican Party. This morning, you know, I'm, I'm arguing with people, and I don't mind. I mean, I like to do it. It's Twitter. I want you to understand where I'm coming from. If you're angry, I understand the anger. I'm going to poke a little fun back. But in the end, we all got to get through life together. So we're, I'm just going to have the conversations. You can say what you want to say about me, um, but I just want what's best. 
lost. And in my opinion, this was a necessary step. I think that Liz Harris allowed this testimony in and it crossed a huge line. So I want you to hear Ben Toma. Now, Mr. Toma is the Speaker of the House. He's Speaker Toma is talking about the initial thoughts on the process of what happened yesterday. We've only done this a handful of times in the history of this state, and it, it it's a very serious situation, but I, I think it's important to just point out also that it was kind of a sad and unfortunate day for, for the legislature. Uh, but looking at all the information that was gathered and, and, and laid out in the Ethics Committee through that process and the report that was produced, it was clear that um, that Representative Harris needed to leave and that uh, their actions were, were entirely warranted. So this is where the rift is, because it is he's saying the forum was wrong. You don't do this. You have to make those criminal allegations. As a matter of fact, he did say a month before this that uh, Representative Harris was told exactly that, that if she has concerns that she should make these accusations in the proper place, which is in a court. It's, it's the wrong place to make an accusation uh, and some of the accusations that were made. And, and that's part of the problem here. But really, the issue is that you cannot circumvent the rules of the House. And, and coordinate with people who are absolutely bringing false allegations and in some instances uh, with this situation uh, fabricated information in, into the chamber really for the purpose of putting it in the public record uh, presumably because they couldn't do it anywhere else in other words a court, they couldn't do it in a court of law or, or any other place and so uh, and, and and anyway present it like it's true and then and then you deny that you did it uh, and that's effectively what she did and and that's really where there are multiple breaches of, of the House protocol, multiple breaches of the rules. So let's talk about that for just a moment. And this, I, I mean this, I'm trying to extend an olive branch to people that disagree with me. And it's not just a disagreement because I don't, you know, you don't care if I disagree with you. What I can't stand is the rancor. That's the part of it that gets me. Throw me out. You're a so-called Republican. I want you to hear me out on this. Take a deep breath and hear me out. I've been going on the air for the entire Four years of the Donald Trump presidency, ripping Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler from the Intelligence Committee and Judiciary Committee, respectively, and the former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, for their outrageous continued investigations into Donald Trump, in which Adam Schiff on multiple occasions, multiple occasions, went out to the public and told the public that he had proof that President Trump had broken the law. And he never produced an ounce of it. He said he had it. He's told the country and the world that he's a criminal, that he's in bed with the Russians, that there was Russian collusion, and that he had proof that would be produced soon. There was never any of that proof produced. The Mueller report in that dossier, by the way, speaking of the dossier, for those of you that remember the fake dossier that was out there that started as opposition research by Republican opponents in the primary purchased by Hillary Clinton. She then used it in her presidential campaign. It turned into what people called an official legal document that the president had committed horrible crimes. Robert Mueller had to be brought in to do an investigation. And then there was the Mueller report and then the Mueller testimony, which said there was no criminal uh, behavior there. One of the lawyers that was a big prominent piece of that dossier, the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, has now severed ties with that lawyer. Just so you understand the extent of how all that went. If I'm going to sit here and I'm asking you to just think about this. If you are someone that believes 
that what Liz Harris did was the right thing to do, and she's telling the truth, you have to admit she has not produced one ounce of proof because she hasn't received any of that proof from the person that made the testimony. There has been no proof presented, and there has been ample time and ample opportunity, including on this show. Present the proof. Give me the proof that these people are being bribed and in on a on this thing with the cartels. I will not only air it if it's true. I'll make sure the people see it. I'll apologize for what I've said. But there is no proof. So to everyone out there that believes that Liz Harris was wrongfully shipped out, did you think that Adam Schiff should be thrown out of the House? I do. Especially taken off as chairman, which he isn't now, of a House committee because it's been changed hands. But at the time, he should have been ousted. Now, Jerry Nadler may not have come out and said that Trump was guilty of anything, but they continued those investigations for four years. I thought it was an abuse of power by Nancy Pelosi. I thought it was a huge waste of time, and I said as much for four years. But if you're someone that believes that you can't accuse someone of a crime without proof, that's exactly what happened in this situation. You may believe it's true. You may want it to be true. You may think that the cartels are, are involved in this and they've got the money to bribe our governor and the secretary of state and other members of the legislature from both political parties, the mayor of Mesa and other people. You can believe it if you want to. You can't make an accusation like that in an official hearing. First of all, you can't do it in that form at all. That's not the place for it. But you have to bring proof. And there's not been an ounce, a shred of proof of any of this happening. So this is where the problem lies. If you are someone that believes and you I just want you to think about it. You don't have to. You can scream and throw things at the radio if you want, but you have to think about it. I was outraged that they made accusations against a sitting president, any sitting president without presenting an ounce of proof. Adam Schiff, on a number of occasions, went to the media and said they have uncovered proof of Russian collusion with President Trump, and it never came to fruition. We never, as American citizens, saw an ounce of proof. That was wrong. Well, it's wrong here as well. Not only was it the wrong place to make the accusations and against House rules and Senate rules, legislative rules, but she made accusations and never backed it up with proof. And then the other thing that Mr. Toma told us is that he gave the representative an opportunity to resign. You have an opportunity to apologize for doing the wrong thing at the wrong time in the wrong place. She did not. She said, I stand behind everything I did. She was given opportunities. Not everything has to be us versus them. Not everything has to make somebody else you disagree with uh, evil um, or not one of you and a traitor. And it's not that's not it at all. I want you to think, you know, how many Republicans voted yes on expulsion? You think they're all bad people now? Are they all in on it? Are they all on the take from the cartels? There are a number of people out there that are saying that it is. And that's where the problem lies. And I want you to hear very quickly, um, Liz Harris was asked about this yesterday. I believe this was AZ family that was asking the question, and it's not so much about her answer. I want you to listen to the people that are supporters of Liz Harris and the things they're saying and screaming in the background. 
What do you say to your fellow Republicans who voted to expel you? This was an example of how you need to toe the line. You need to toe the line. If you don't toe the line, this is what happens. Do you mind if I ask you that just one more time for me? We, we talked Thank to you. folks who now say that this wasn't a surprise. Are you surprised yeah. by this decision? You're, you're set free from the drivers now, Liz. We the people will ignite. We the people will ignite. Now you don't have to deal with the vipers. See, everybody that disagrees with me is evil, and we're going to ignite, and you're vipers. You are just lending to the reputation. You are making the outrageous uh, classification of people. Anybody who thinks that the election was stolen is classified as someone that does that. And I'm telling you, as a defense of those people, and I don't agree with them, that there are reasonable, very, very good people that believe the election was stolen. Why not hear their voices sometimes instead of people calling anyone that disagrees with them a viper and saying we are going to ignite – But that is how people are viewed, and Liz Harris helped really cauterize that in the minds of people. Coming up in a moment, um, before we close it out, we are going to talk about schools. I have an an idea. I'm going to float it past you for schools. It's coming up in just a moment. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks. Um, one quick thing to wrap up this uh, the conversation about Representative or former Representative Liz Harris. Now, what's going to happen is the district that she was representing. Now, we'll get together the Republican Party um, in their district meeting with elected officials, precinct committeemen. We'll get together and they will recommend three people. They will choose three names and send it to the county board of supervisors. County supervisors will choose one of those three names to replace her for the uh, for the rest of this session, and then there'll have to be an election after that. I've got an idea. We talked earlier. Um, Arizona Superintendent of Public Schools, Tom Horn, says that there is money available through grants that can be used for SROs or school resource officers or also be used for counselors as well. He says, I'm all in favor of counselors, although I put a priority on SROs. I have an idea, and I don't know if it's possible, and I've sent this out. Uh, maybe I'm jumping the gun, but I've put this out there. I don't know if it has been done before or if it's even possible. One of the biggest reserve officer uh, uh, departments in the entire country is the Phoenix Police Department Reserves. These are fully sworn, fully functioning, fully trained officers that volunteer their time. Many of them are retired officers that have left the profession, uh, Phoenix police officers that have come back on a volunteer basis. They're still on patrol. There is absolutely no difference between a Phoenix reserve officer and a sworn officer that's getting paid to do the job. They wear the same uniform. They go through the same training. They have the same authority, and they work the same shifts. But many of them are retired officers. What if we tapped into that resource pool, paid them, 
where they can be paid. But since they're retired officers, utilize them as school resource officers. Now, there might be people out there. We've been doing that for years. And if that's the case, then we have a resource we can go back to. Um, the Phoenix Union High School District, I believe, is having a meeting today. And they are going to talk about a recommendation from the safety committee that recommended that they re-implement school resource officers on campuses. And it is not just to stop shootings on campuses. Although there have been a lot of stories that really have gone unnoticed. And I'm shocked by this. With all of the attention that has been paid with shootings on campuses, the number of times there have been weapons found in the hands of students on campuses in the Valley, that this isn't a much bigger story. But it is also for the drug dealing that goes on and the other things that happen and the lack of safety on campuses. I hear from teachers in Phoenix a lot that say, especially in the high schools, because kids are older and bigger, that they don't feel safe on campus, that the good students don't want to get the hall pass to go to the restroom because of what's going on in the restrooms. So they we need authority figures that are not in the classroom teaching that are out there enforcing laws to be that presence you know, that it's a no-brainer to me. But if we could tap into the resource of the reserve program, and I don't know what the restrictions would be, and maybe it's, it seems like such a simple idea to me, I can't believe that it hasn't already been done. I've reached out to people to ask them, and people I know in leadership, to find out more about this. But is this a resource that can be tapped so that we know that there are seasoned veteran officers that are on campuses that are there to deal with issues of criminality at every level – But they are also there as a source of comfort and safety to the people that might need it. I think it's a great idea. Either way, even with shortages of staffing in the police, another idea I've had is why don't we have police officers doing their paperwork? Because sometimes officers are in their patrol vehicles doing paperwork at the end of a shift or during a lull in a shift or when they can. Why not do that from their patrol vehicles on campuses, either in an office on campus, in their vehicle in front of the schools, that in close proximity to the schools? I just think it's another small step in which there's a visibility and a presence and maybe that would stop some people or at least make people think twice before they did something like that just about out of time social media users at broomhead ktar is where you find me on twitter that's my personal account at broomhead show on twitter is the show account please follow both if you want to follow me on instagram just follow mike broomhead all one word on instagram back tomorrow morning just after eight for the final show of the week until tomorrow have a great afternoon everyone god bless 